The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, Already in Progress. When God is not first, everything is out of order. And so we've seen some principles from the Word of God, or some scriptures from the Word of God, that will verify and confirm this principle of the first. We say this in a Bible principle, a biblical principle, but it has Old and New Testament applications. So we can see it happening in the Old Testament, and we also can see it happening in the New Testament because it's Bible, it's biblical. Uh, in its nature, amen? And so God doesn't change. Amen. So whatever he intended in the beginning, he's still intending that right now. Glory to God. And so we began talking about putting God first and how, why it's important to put God first. We've seen scriptures in the Old Testament, we've seen scriptures in the, in the New Testament, that God has to be first. God cannot be second. Because if God cannot be second, then other things will get in his way or in his place in our lives. We got to put him first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. So God must be first. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God must be first. He must be first. Glory to God. And so then we transition and begin to talk about the tithe because the tithe teaches us to put God first. Deuteronomy 14 talks about that, that the tithe or giving God the tithe teaches us, trains us, uh, instructs us to keep God first because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. And so there's a link between your treasure and your heart. So wherever you put your treasure, your heart is not going to, uh, it's going to follow soon after that and be in the same place where you put your treasure. Praise God. So now if I'm putting my treasure first with God, guess where my heart's going to end up? with God. Y'all are smart class. Glory to y'all smart class. Punch your neighbor and say, you real smart. You real smart. smart. Praise God. Yes, indeed. And so we left off last week uh, telling, giving you five reasons why we should tithe. But then we ended up over in Genesis chapter 14 looking at Abram. And so if you would go there today, Genesis 14 and verse number 17, I'll join you there in just a second here. Genesis 14 and verse 17 talks about Abram because there are a lot of arguments uh, or there are a few arguments against the tithe. I'm not going to take time to go through those because I don't think any of them have any merit. Uh, so I won't, you know, waste any time talking about why people are choosing not to do it. Um, but there are a lot of arguments against, against the tithe. But, and one of those arguments is tithing was under the law. And so because we're not under the law anymore, we're not, we're not uh, responsible for giving back the tithe. But we see an example here very clear in Scripture that Abram gave tithes many hundreds of years before the law. And so if Abram participated in the tithe before the law, then the law does not omit or cause the tithe to be obsolete. Y'all with me? But I want to show you, and I showed you uh, last week, I want to show you a real important um, thought in this particular passage. So we'll pick up reading at verse number 17 of Genesis 14. It says, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter, 
of that place and of the kings that were with him in the valley of Shaveh, which is the Kingsdale, and Melchizedek, son king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thine enemies into thy hands. And he gave him what? Tithes of all. Gave him what? Tithes of all. And so we see Abram here tithing from the spoils of the war of the kings. So Abram had victory. He had spoils because whenever every time a king or whenever there was a battle in that day, the winning, the winning country, the winning side would spoil the enemy. Or in other words, it would strip them of all their wealth and take it upon themselves. Okay? And so here's Abram coming back from the war of kings with some spoils from his victory. And so Melchizedek meets him and they have communion together. And so in the midst of this communion, Abram then begins to give tithes of all. He gives a tenth of all the spoils to Melchizedek. Glory to God. Then he says here in, um, in verse number 21, And the king of Sodom said to Abram, he saw all, these, all this wealth and all these spoils, Give me the persons and take the goods to yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up mine hand unto the Lord, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a, a thread even a shoe latchet, that I will not take anything that is thine, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Except only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went after me, Anna, Eshaw, Mamre, let, us, let them take their portion. So what is uh, Abram saying? Abram is, is saying to the king of Sodom, I'm not going to take anything from you because I'm not going to give you credit for my wealth. He said, I only lifted my hand to God. God is the one who's prospered me. God is the one that's caused me to be wealthy. And I'm not going to take anything from you to give you credit for what's in my life. Come on, talk to me now. Are y'all with me? Now, what am I saying? What, what do we want to see out of all this? We want to see out of all, all this is that Abram didn't tithe because of a law. Abram tithed because of a grateful heart. Oh, come on now. He thanked God for delivering him out of the, out of the war of the kings. And in response to that, he says, God, I'm going to give you a tenth of all that I have. And not only am I going to give you a tenth of all that I have, I'm going to give you the credit for prospering me. Come on now, talk to me. So what are we saying? We're saying when we, when we don't give, or what am I saying? When we, give, we, when we don't give God credit, excuse me, when we don't give God credit, we're giving credit to our job. We're giving credit to our employers, and we're not giving credit to God. Come on now, y'all seeing this? Abram said, I'm not going to take anything from you, man, except the food that's going to feed these boys right here. But the rest of it, you can keep because God is my provider. Yes. Amen. Can, anybody, can anybody agree with that today, yes. that God is your provider? Come on, talk to me. Now, look at verse number 15. I mean, chapter number 15, verse number one. It says, after these things, after all this happened, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. The Amplified, that same scripture says that I am your abundant compensation. So God says, because you've given me, glory to God, the tithe of all, you've given out of me out of the grateful heart, you've given me the credit for your wealth, you know what I'm going to do for you, Abram? I'm going to be your abundant compensation. 
In other words, I'm going to take care of you for the rest of your days. Come on, talk to me, glory to God. And see, it's the same God then, it's the same God now. So we have the same posture that Abram had. I'm going to give you a tenth of all, and I'm going to give you the credit for my wealth. God's, God is saying to us today, I'm going to be your abundant compensation. In other words, I'm going to take good care of you for the rest of your days. Hunt your neighbors. Are you hearing what he's saying today? Are you hearing? Glory to God. Looking at me funny like that. Praise God. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to help you, man. Abram said, look, I'm, 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 I'm going to give God credit. For prospering me. And that's what we have to do. Amen. So now let me take a few minutes and talk about tithing uh, or tithing or how should I say it? Fear or faith as it relates to tithe. Do I tithe out of fear or do I tithe out of faith? Now you might have you. Well, that's an easy question to answer. You tithe out of faith. But depending upon the information that you've gotten in your past and those things that you've locked into your subconscious you might be tithing out of fear and not out of faith because if you were like me you know I you know we were threatened <laughs> in church we were threatened if we didn't give you know car gonna break down washing machine gonna go bad you know something bad's gonna happen in other words the lightning bolt's gonna come out of heaven and, and, and God's gonna get you and so we were really threatened to give. So in other words, we gave in such a way to pay off God. Oh, y'all ain't with me today, y'all ain't. Okay, maybe it's just my church that I came out of. You, you, know, you, you, you give, your, you give your, your dues, you give your, your, your tithes, you, you give whatever you're required to give so that I can keep God from getting me. So it's almost like a mafia payoff, you understand? Isn't it? I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna pay you every week, God, that you don't get me the rest of the week, and I'll, I'll hook you up next week. But that's sometimes the mentality. And if you don't watch it, you can get into that that mode. You can get into that that tradition. You can get into that uh, ritual that you just are giving your tithes without any thought towards it. You just doing it like you're paying a bill. You just doing it because this is what I've been done year after you've been doing year after year after year, but you don't add anything to it. You just going through the motions. You see what I'm saying? And so that's a bad place to be because there are some things attached to the tithe that if we don't if we don't do this thing in faith, we can be tithing but not getting the benefits of the tithe. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so I believe that uh, I believe I'll be able to help you uh, with some of this stuff on today. Fear or faith? Let's talk a few um, a few minutes about fear. Let's talk a few minutes about fear. Second Timothy one seven says, "God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Love, power, and a what kind of mind? What kind of mind? Praise God! Thank God for a what? Sound mind. Woo! A mind that doesn't race all the time. Just a a stable, sound mind. And God has given us a sound mind, but he has not given us fear. Y'all with me? So point number one I want you to understand about fear is, is that fear comes from the devil. Fear comes from the devil. It comes from the enemy himself. And so if fear comes from the enemy, then 
the end result of fear is one of three, three things. Steal, kill, or destroy. John 10, 10. He said, a thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. And we see that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But if, the, if fear comes from the enemy, the purpose is one of three things. To steal something from you, to kill something, or to destroy something. Y'all got that? So now, with that understanding by itself, we can't play around with fear. Because fear, the intent is to kill, steal, and destroy. You got that? Praise God. Go now to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs 12. Let's look at a scripture over here. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. <clears throat> In just a moment or so. Uh, Proverbs 12, 25. Let me know when you arrive. Okay, great. Okay, Proverbs 12, 25 says, Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. Now, let me read that to you out of the Amplified. It'll help you understand while I'm use, why I'm using this as it relates to fear. The Amplified says anxiety, which is another word for fear. The Bible says be not anxious for nothing. In other words, don't be fearful of anything or don't worry about something. Okay? But it says anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But an encouraging word makes it glad. Glory to God. Anxiety, fear, weighs a man's heart down. So point number two I want you to understand about fear is this. Fear paralyzes. Fear causes you to stop. Got it? Uh, you ever, you ever um, said you was going to do something, and then when you got close to doing it, you know fear then rose up on the inside of you. You said, no, I ain't either. Oh, come on now, talk to me. Yeah, no, I'm not either. No, I'm not. I ain't doing that. Yeah, you said you was going to do it. I don't care what I said. I am not doing it. Why? Because fear took over. Right? And so, therefore, you stopped going or, you, yeah, you stopped moving towards what you was going to do. And so fear would do that. Fear will weigh your heart down. And when it weighs your heart down, it will cause you to stop. And fear will have you stop flat in your tracks. And you may be going the right way. But because you allow fear to come in, then it causes you to stop. Listen to this. The majority of people who do not tithe do not tithe because of fear. You ain't got to say amen. I know it's right. Y'all looking like, mm -hmm. Yeah. The majority, the majority of people that don't tithe, they don't tithe because of fear. What, is, what are they afraid of? Afraid of not having enough? Come on, all of us have a natural instinct of self-preservation. Bless God, I am not going to put myself in jeopardy for nobody else. Are y'all with me today? Can, can I get some honesty today? You're going to make sure that you take care of you. If it's cold outside and you have layers, maybe you'll give somebody your jacket. But if not, you're going to be warm. <laughs> Out of two of you, you're going to be warm. Come on, talk. Yeah, because 
it's self-preservation. We have this natural instinct, and it's, and it's, and it's fine that we have this natural instinct. We, we're going to take care of ourselves. And so when we feel like we're not going to have enough, fear comes in, and it will cause us to stop even though what we're about to do or what we should be doing is designed to take us beyond where we are. And so because fear is there, I'll stop doing what I need to do, which would then short circuit, which would then shut down where I'm going. You got it? Why? Because when you, excuse me, when you don't tie because of fear, you're trusting in something other than God. Uh, this is one of them Selah moments. <laughs> How can you say, I don't, I'm not, I don't trust in God? You don't trust in God because you're trusting in your ability more than his ability. That's the truth of the matter. Because fear comes in when you don't trust. Oh, praise the Lord. On the other hand, on the other hand, there are some people who tie out of fear. In other words, they tie because they don't want something to happen. They tie to prevent negative things to happen. Um, and and I, I won't go into it, but I'll, I'll just mention it. Uh, if you read the book of Job, um, the book of Job said, and if you read chapter 1, it said that Job would go and make sacrifices for his kids continually. And the reason why Job did that is because he thought his kids are, would, would sin would fall away from God, and so he would go and make sacrifices to protect his kids if they did that. And we know the enemy came in and wreaked havoc in Job's life. And in Job chapter 3, the Bible says that Job says, this thing that I feared the most has happened happened to me. Notice he said, this thing that I what? Feared the most. So in other words, Satan didn't come in without permission in Job's life. What gave Satan permission to come into Job's life? His fear. Because fear opened the door for the enemy to come in and to wreak havoc in his life. And so if we take a lesson from Job, instead of talking about how the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, if we take a lesson (laughs) from Job, come on, talk to me. If we take a lesson from Job, we should see that fear is nothing to play with. Because if I'm in fear, I give entrance to the enemy, to my life, to come in and wreak havoc because fear is where he, fear is a place where he, he uh, thrives. He gets his, his energy, he gets his, 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 uh, his motivation, he gets his, his, uh, his, his, his passion when he finds a place of fear. Y'all with me? And so we got to watch out about fear. So number two thing about fear is, is that fear paralyzes. All right, fear paralyzes. Isaiah 41.10, write that down in your notes, right? Isaiah 41.10. And I read it to the, out of the Amplified. It says, fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand and right in a rightness and justice. Glory to God. God is saying, don't fear. Don't fear. So point number three that I want you to understand about fear is that God doesn't want you to be in fear. God doesn't want you to be in fear. There are, uh, I think somebody said, 60 places 
in Scripture where it says fear not. 60 places, that's a lot of times to say fear not. But every time he says fear not, he follows that up by saying I'm with you. So how can we not be afraid knowing who's with us? Oh, man, come on now. Glory to God. Now, I grew up in the country, and uh, at nighttime, we'd have to come through the woods sometimes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I can't talk to none of y'all Shallowfield people because y'all think y'all city. Y'all got a few street lights, and y'all think y'all city. But in the country, it's no such thing as street lights. Somebody in the neighborhood might got one of them dust of dawn lights. But that's high society because we, we ain't want to pay the electric bill. Come on, talk to me. Every so often you come across somebody that dust the dawn light, you know, outside the house, kind of keep things lit. But for the most of us, it was dark. It was dark, pitch black. And when there was no moon, it was black. I mean, pitch black. <laughs> and so sometimes we get caught over a cousin's house, a friend's house, whatever, and you know you're supposed to be on, uh, be on time, and there's no such thing as cell phones, and we couldn't text mom, and, you know, we just had to make our little way on home, right? And so we do a shortcut because we didn't want to be late, to get in trouble, so the shortcut was through the woods. If you ever walk through the woods, pitch black at night, how I many know fear is right on the doorstep? Because you hear stuff cracking, you see, hear stuff moving, you're like, what is that? All these images come up in your mind, the bag gonna get you, and man, you just, you just stepping. Boy, you stepping, you like, oh Lord, I hope no tree here, you just, hold oh, on. Why am I saying all this? is that it, was, it, it brought a sense of calm when you wasn't out there by yourself. Oh, man. When you had a couple cousins, a couple friends with you, and you could talk about something while you was hearing the cracking, you wasn't as scared as you were by yourself. Are you with me? Why am I saying all that? Is because when you know who's with you, and the Bible says, I am with you, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. So when you understand that God is with you every step of the way, it gives us reason not to fear. He said, don't be dismayed. Don't even worry about, in the, in the Bible, the Amplified says, don't even worry about the terror. That's a little bit, that's a little bit different than what we know, right? He said, don't even worry about the terror that's around you. He said, I'll uphold you. I'll retain you with my victorious right hand. In other words, I'll take care of you every step of the way. So now what do we get from that? If God tells us to do it, what is there to fear about it? When he says, I'm going to keep you. Are y'all hearing it? We just sing about God said it. I believe it. That's good enough for me. Okay, but now when it's time for the rubber to meet the road, do we really believe it enough for it to be settled and be good enough for me? Come on, talk to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So number three is that God does not want us to be in fear, right? Then number four, listen to this. Fear and faith cannot coexist. Fear and faith cannot coexist. If you're in fear, church, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, 
Or if you're in faith, you're not in fear. You understand that? So if you are in fear in a particular area, that means you are not in faith in that area. That means the enemy is running it in that area. But if you're in faith, that means you're not in fear. Got it? That means God is running it in that area. Y'all hearing this? Listen to this thought. As a believer, as a New Covenant, New Testament, born-again believer, listen to this thought. I don't tithe because I have to, because I don't want something negative to happen to me. Instead, I tithe because I get to. Listen to this. To receive what he's already done. Did y'all get that? I don't tithe because I have to. Because I don't want something negative to happen to me. I tithe because I get to. To take advantage or to receive everything he's already done. All glory to God. And see, when you understand that, man, it opens up a liberation for now you to really honor God out of gratefulness. And out of faith instead of trying to keep something from happening. Because he's, he, he's already saved you. Come on, he's already delivered you. He's already healed you. He's already set you free. He's already turned your life around. So out of a grateful heart, I release back to him what belongs to him, which is a tithe. To tap into what he's already done. Oh, glory to God. Are y'all hearing me today? Are you hearing me today? Glory to God. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong because disobedience has its consequences. There's a gospel going around now that, that, you know, you don't have to do anything. God does everything, and, and grace covers all, and grace does cover. Uh, but there's some still consequences. Grace don't erase all the consequences. Because the scripture says that in Isaiah 1-9, for example, he says, if you be willing or obedient, you should eat the good of, line, uh, good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel. See, we don't like to put 20 on there. We like to stop at 19. Oh, glory to God. Hey, I get the good of the land. Every, the God's best in my life. Yes, indeed. But what about verse 20? So if I don't follow all his instructions, if I don't obey his commands, then that opens the door up for consequences to come into my life. The Bible says if, if a man will reap whatever he sows. Amen. So you got to understand that, yeah, I don't tithe because I have to. I tithe because I get to. And that get to puts me in the position to receive the all that God has already done. I heard uh, Brother Copeland say this some years ago, and, it's, and I believe it's accurate. He says tithe, tithing or tithe is your covenant connector. Tithe connects you to the covenant. In other words, your tithe links you to all that God has already done for you. Your tithe is the bridge. Y'all hearing that? Glory to God. So number one about fear is what? Fear comes from the enemy. Number two, fear paralyzes. Number three, God doesn't want you to be in fear. And then number four, fear and faith cannot coexist. Faith Christian Center International now offers two exciting worship services on Sundays. That's right, two Sunday worship services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Come enjoy dynamic praise worship, fun children's ministry, practical teachings, and empowering fellowship. It's an unforgettable experience. So join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Your life will never be the same. 
For more information, log on to www.fccintl.org or call 434-979-1700. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.